and welcome to Get Real With Us. For those who are new, thank you for listening in, and I hope you enjoy listening to us as we talk about different topics every week. As well as those who aren't new, welcome back, and I'd like to say thank you for joining us once more again on today's episode. I'm your host, Paola, and today we have Danny joining us. Um, I'll spare you guys an introduction. So I'm Danny, and in this episode, we're going to talk about mental illnesses. Um, mental illness in general is a very, like, wide topic to talk about and it's very easy to say something wrong or have a lot of misinformation there so um not everyone has mental illness but obviously many people do teenagers especially me and paula being teenagers as well um and a lot of times we often ignore it so um (laughs) let's talk about it Mm-hmm. Obviously, as the title of the episode states, we'll be talking about different types of mental illnesses here and there. So, in case anyone needs a trigger warning, here it is. You are free to leave <laughs> the episode at any point if you feel uncomfortable. And our goal is clearly to bring awareness to this whole subject, so we mean no harm. So, in case of anything, you know. Alright. <laughs> Um, so, Danny, since we are speaking of our mental, you know, space, our states and stuff, how do you feel? Well, um, obviously with quarantine and the pandemic at all, um, my mental state has obviously taken a really big hit. Even before, like, um, the pandemic, it wasn't really that great either. There was a lot of things happening in my life and sometimes a lot of things still do happen in my life. So, um overall it's not that good but it's like manageable in a sense overall i'd say i'm not happy or content but i'm not overly depressed either or hopeless yeah i understand what you mean um for me it's similar i guess i kind of have people around me that do support me through it all so i do have my days where i'm really down in the dumps and i'm the type of person where if one thing goes wrong it just it plummets my like mental space so i've been up and down here and there i am i guess optimistic i sometimes and i guess that does help but you know everybody's not gonna be perfect when it comes to mental health and like you said quarantine has been getting in the way of a lot of things coronavirus still hasn't completely died down oh and we are actually returning to school in about uh three weeks from now i think three weeks something like that three weeks four i'm not sure what about you denny are you returning to school soon um honestly i'm not sure but if it's i uh, if it's the same as you i'm gonna be in so much pain and agony because like the thing is like with mental health like i've not i'm like my mental health is not accustomed to like being around so many people and interacting and just learning in general so like it gives me like um major sense of anxiety just thinking about going back and like maybe like a sense of panic i don't know if that's the same for you yeah i know a lot of people have been struggling a lot with their mental health and school like online school hybrid school and all that stuff but going back to school is going to be a big jump from just online school to completely uh surrounding yourself in crowds of people again especially those who are very um jumpy because of the whole pandemic like i have a friend who developed uh ocd and i have another one who became a germaphobe because of the pandemic and it's just really unhealthy but it's going to be hard for them to cope during the year so i just hope for the best and 
I don't know, I hope the government is able to take care of everything and schools implement their rules because I know sometimes the students do go, but they don't always wear their masks or they're not always clean. So we have to stay safe and make sure our mental health is within that category too. I mean, I'd say I'm not very hopeful for the government because essentially the government has not been doing anything well from the start. Like we're about a year into the pandemic and like some countries like New Zealand Mm -hmm. are like, had, didn't even really have a huge epidemic or a pandemic or jo- joined us within it because they handled it well and we live in the US if anyone did not know um, and so like ah, funny funny um, the US does not know how to handle anything and very like, unprepared yeah <laughs> like I can't believe that we're like in like our third wave either our th- th- <laughs> either the third or the fourth wave that we're in and it's just, like not funny either. I don't think New Jersey has been lifted of any lockdown, isn't it? Or is it still in lockdown? Um, I think we lifted it at some point, but immediately went back because it just spread once more. I know my sister's teacher, for example, she recently got COVID and it's just been really bad for her, especially since she's kind of old too. It's, it's so sad to see everybody get infected and like not being able to completely take care of themselves because the government just wasn't prepared. And like, it's, it's just, it takes a toll on your mental health too. Like, as we're talking about it and people sometimes um like my friends when they feel like really restless and stuff they like to enjoy their time with their friends because it makes them feel better it's like a distraction almost and yet we're in quarantine we're in lockdown and we can't really spend time together and it just like i said takes a toll on your mental health yeah it really takes a toll when like because there's like this distinct difference between like like obviously we communicate on the internet and stuff like that and it's like it helps it like just enough but like there's like a distinct difference between talking to your friends over the phone or or on your tablet or whatever the computer or anything yeah it's never the same for sure mm-hmm. and like overall it's like i don't know like with all the historical events we've been living through like it brings everything down because like the air in america and like just in general has been really really negative and so like whenever you go outside there's always like these like things you need to worry about these anxieties or these little panics that you have when you go outside because like there's such a risk with everything not even with just like the pandemic or just like everything going on in the u.s in general and it's like not even fun to think about because like it just makes me like really like nervous not really sad or depressed but it just makes me like nervous and anxious in a sense Mm -hmm. so i guess we could say that we're doing kind of eh but we're gonna get better eventually as like i guess with time people will will start to realize or i don't know maybe because of the whole situation if it were to happen again god forbid um the government will be more prepared and you know we'll get better oh yeah i agree with that probably within the second if it ever dared happen again which i hope not i'd like be such in such pain and agony Mm-hmm. If it did happen again, I hope they take care of it better the time that it does come again. Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, since we are talking about anxiety and all that stuff, what are some common like mental illnesses that you know of, Danny? Some common mental illnesses that I could say um, off the top of my head are like um, anxiety, stress, depression. You know, um, we've heard about bipolar disorder often, at least. Um, 
mostly those are the ones that are floating around the internet and stuff like that yeah i think uh, that it's most common like in our schools and with our friends and stuff like that so i guess some non-common ones would be like post-traumatic disorder which is also known as ptsd um stuff like anorexia bulimia panic disorders ocd i actually did speak of um, my friend who has ocd earlier but uh do you want to talk about anything before we get into our own friends who have ocd and depression and stuff like that danny well um just like uh the most thing i could talk about is like maybe like the most common ones i have because like obviously i do have like maybe some uncommon ones but like not within like the hemisphere that i feel comfortable to talk about Mm -hmm. so like um with depression it's like i think depression is the most um the most known but it's also the most ignored as well because because like um with everything that's going on because like it's the most known but it's also the most misinformed because there's like a lot of people that have used depression as an excuse and it really invalidates um the other people who actually have depression like it's more than just like being sad but like like people say like they have like one little bad thing happen to them like probably maybe something minor and i'm not trying to invalidate how people deal with the depression or what things could happen to give them depression but like something really really minor and minuscule and they'd be like oh that made me depressed and i'm like oh you mean sad and they're like no depressed and i was like and i would be like oh okay and it's just like how does that correlate in the end you know yeah it's a lot of self-diagnosing and like like you said minor issues and we're not trying to invalidate anyone if anyone's listening in and they do tend to act like that we're just trying to set the difference between being medically diagnosed self-diagnosing actually being sad and actually being depressed because when someone is depressed it's something that needs to be taken care of and when someone is sad they just need comfort you know yeah with like um depression the most major things that um goes with depression is like um you're either sleeping too much or sleeping too little like personally i deal with both things but it's mostly on the side that i'm sleeping too little in the end um you lose motivations for the things that you really like to do like you start to dread them like for example i used to be um a choir kid and i got so depressed like i just started like dreading going to chorus and choir and stuff like that and so eventually i ended up stopped going and it's just like really hopeless thoughts you're not motivated enough you don't want to eat or you keep eating a lot and then overall it's like way more different in the end than like being upset over something really minor how about you So, um, I totally agree when you said that people tend to lose their passions. Like, I've seen my best friend go from being able to do a bunch of math problems really quickly, being able to do a bunch of paintings, and she loves art, stuff like that too. And she doesn't have the energy or the motivation to continue her artwork, and it's just so sad because I used to see how she would paint all the time and she would show me all her stuff and all her drawings and she would just be so happy and everything and then her episodes would hit and it was just so sad because she'd just stay in bed all day and like i I don't mean to pity her or anything like that i care for her a lot she's practically like a sister to me and knowing that she feels like that genuinely hurts me like i want to help her and stuff but depression isn't something that you can help overnight and 
I feel like a lot of people don't realize that. Like, I know it seems very simple, very obvious, but a lot of people think that it's just in their head, like they can fix it. It's not like that. Like I've seen it in person and it's definitely not like that, you know? Yeah, of course. It's like way, way more like complex than it is because also the media has not really done like a good job of um, portraying depression. Like, um, with portraying mental illnesses, it's often really hard since, like, um, most of the time people don't cast people who actually have the mental order or, um, mm-hmm. the thing that they are trying to portray and it ends up becoming really mediocre in the end and it's just, like, really cringeworthy and hard to see. Yeah, totally. I've seen movies where, like, it's about an autistic kid and they don't even cast a kid who's actually autistic. And, like, there could have been so many actors or actresses who have the mental illness and are able to, you know, portray it much better. And I feel like that's a big part where the media really... It it isn't good. And sometimes, actually, sometimes the media likes to romanticize things like that. And it's it's not healthy whatsoever. Oh, uh, yeah, I obviously hate when, like, um, obviously depression has become an aesthetic and, like, such such other disorders like um, anorexia or bulimia. And then in the end, it's like, instead of trying to teach people about what you're trying to promote or not necessarily promote, that's a bad word, what you're trying to bring awareness to, mm-hmm. in the end, you're harming people more because um, it teaches people that um, that having those disorders is something pretty. Mm-hmm. or something to like have a goal to reach and obviously it undermines everyone's struggles because it shows like that this is what you have to do to become popular it's trendy like mental disorders are not really popular they're not a trend there's something that people really struggle with yeah i totally agree i feel like um things like I guess that, like, depression have really become, like, oh, if you have this, like, it makes you more romantic or it makes you a better person, I guess. Like, I've seen things, like, such as on the popular app TikTok, um, people were, would be like, oh, you're not depressed? You don't have trauma? Well, then you're boring. Like, that's not how it should work. And it's pretty sad to see that people nowadays see it as that and it's like oh you have to you have to have a mental illness to be like awesome or like cool or like interesting as a person and that's not how it should be i mean i it um having experiences and having like things that you could talk about and learn about is obviously what makes a person interesting but like romanticizing that to the point that like um if you you have to have trauma or mental illness to be interesting is not really okay like it's not it's a struggle like it's not something that should be congratulated or should be should give someone brownie points for having uh do you want to talk about your friend who has ocd oh sure um i have this friend online and she's like one of my best friends she day she goes by she day so um I'll, i'll i'll alternate between the the two but um they have a history of OCD in their family. Their little sister has OCD. And so um, OCD is known as obsessive compulsive disorder, which is, which is a combo of intrusive thoughts, which are like the obsessive parts because they're like, they keep coming. They like make you like want to do like really weird things. 
and then the actions that you do for example like if someone has to like knock three times or like their family dies that's a compulsion that's something that helps relieve those intrusive thoughts like for example um mm -hmm. an intrusive thought would be like if i don't if i don't make my bed three times three or four times in a row someone's gonna come kill me and then it's like something like that it's not like generally specified as being a neat freak that's not what ocd is that's like what's that's like the victim of like bad bad um what's the word social media portray yeah how, how the social media portrays them it's like not the right way because like we've become so accustomed to this disorder being like being a neat freak and in the end it's not because like it's something that a lot of people struggle with and then like a lot of people have to deal with the fact that's like oh i have ocd i'm so neat and it's not like that it just makes them feel like invalidated it makes them feel worse because yeah. like it's like debilitating for them sometimes like there's like different levels of ocd for people and like these intrusive thoughts are like not something that's really fun to deal with like for example my friend said some of her intrusive thoughts could be really violent and it's like she doesn't want to think those things and in the end it's like it's like she doesn't want to deal with them and then she has to deal with also being called like um a neat freak sometimes like she says it really uh, like it really like really puts her down in the end because like they don't want their disorder to be known as something that's like really something that's like admired because some people admire being neat or being a neat freak and then in the end it's not really okay how's your friend with ocd because like because you didn't mention that before so my friend actually um is a little bit more similar to the social media portray i guess she like i said she also has uh germophobia so it actually started in the beginning of the pandemic and she brushed it off as something simple and she actually um, ended up going to a doctor to get medically uh, diagnosed because basically it started off with her just um, washing her hands, right? Like regular, like that's what you're supposed to do to, um, to get rid of the germs for the pandemic. And I guess the like mix of anxiousness of getting the virus and stuff, it like went deep into her mind that she had to stay clean so she like she'll have to have a bunch of hand sanitizer and a bunch of different soaps and wipes and stuff with her and she'll like have to wash her hands a certain amount of times before she actually feels okay and like it it started even like affecting her hands where to the point where she started like having rashes because it was not okay and she actually plays tennis along with me um Side note, if anybody didn't know, I, I play tennis as a sport. But she's on my team, and basically she wasn't allowed to use the racket for about, I think it was a week or two weeks maybe, because her hands were so, like, rashy, and they were peeling because of the fact that she kept continuously putting on hand sanitizer, uh, hand sanitizer, putting on uh, different soap wipes and all that stuff. And it was like, it made her feel so bad if she didn't do any of that stuff, you know? And it just, it was not okay. So she ended up getting medically diagnosed at some point. And she basically, um, I think she was she was uh, prescribed something. And I'm not exactly sure what it was. I haven't talked to her in a bit. But it was just, it, seeing a friend going through that, it, it's, it must be hard for everybody who does have it, you know? 
Yeah, I personally can't really imagine having um something like that, and I'm glad that I don't have something like that. Just because, like, um, like dealing with any mental disorder is such a struggle, and then like having maybe like one that's really debilitating, or even multiple mental disorders, really is a struggle, and then like it really affects your quality of life.、Mm-hmm. And- um. Well, since we're talking about our friends already, and I did talk a little bit of my friend earlier, my best friend, going back to her. Um. I asked her a couple of questions. I asked her three mainly, but she answered them in like semi big paragraphs. So I'll just like read off of that. But not completely read off of it if you know what I'm saying. But、uh, the first question that I did ask her was, "When do you know an episode is going to happen, or what does one feel like, like an episode of depression?" And she、mm-hmm. told me basically that when an episode of depression is coming, she feels very tired throughout the day for no reason whatsoever. She could have done nothing during the day, and she feels very exhausted. And the next morning, she won't even be able to get out of bed to eat, you know. And I realize that's a big thing when it comes to between her and her fighting depression, because I'll ask her every morning, "Are you eating?"、Um, and I don't mean to like push her or force her to go eat, like go eat right now. Like no, it's more of like just checking in, like, "Hey, did you eat?"、Um, Oh, did you eat like a banana or something like this morning? Like even if it's something small, you should still encourage your friends to eat. And anyways, and she'll tell me like no. And when it does happen, she feels very.、Um, it doesn't feel like she's sad. It it feels like it's very.、Uh, how do I explain it? It's it's just a different feeling, and it's hard to explain. And she even said it herself. She doesn't really know how to put it into words, but it just feels like there's a weight on you, and if you feel like you can only just roll in bed and you can't really get up, it feels very exhausting and uncomfortable. And even if she feels like going to the bathroom, it's it's just so exhausting. And like I said, going back earlier, if she doesn't eat too, she'll be starving, but she'll just feel stuck, and it's super tiring.、Um, she says that、um, her mom won't let her stay in bed, even though she would really want to, and it feels like she has everything to do, but just she doesn't have the energy to do it. And again, she repeats that it's really exhausting. So I guess that when an episode of depression does come in, people feel exhausting. Of course, her experience with depression isn't everybody's experience, but I see that it is a common theme or a, a common symptom,、um, and it's just very、uh, discouraging for them, and they lose their motivation and everything like that. And it's just so sad. I could relate to like some of those experiences, except.、Um... For me, like it's like more of like、um, like an instant change, like instead of like just like that feeling of looming tiredness that your friend has. For me, it's like I could be like not even feeling like、uh, most of the times I feel like either nothing, like not happy or sad or something like that. But then it feels like <clears throat>、uh, for me, it feels like、um, an impending sense of hopelessness、mm-hmm. that comes like an instant switch. And then I feel like very dismotivated and stuff like that. Like <laughs> I have episodes of that a lot, and so like most of the time I spend、um, most of my day in bed, and then I get like just getting up feels like my、um, my legs are wobbling, or like I'm feeling like I have no coordination or balance.、Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it.、Um, It alternates for me with like the not wanting to eat at all, or like keep I keep eating and eating and eating even though I'm not really hungry,、mm-hmm. just to like feel like contentment because um 
there are foods that will give you dopamine like for example um chocolate is one that commonly has like that gives you dopamine so that's why a lot of people have said like to eat like a little piece of chocolate to like boost your mood Mm -hmm. but then um like it's like eating to the point to just like feel something other than that sense of hopelessness and like relating to that sense of feeling like you have everything to do but you can't have the motivation to do it Mm -hmm. for me that it gives me like a sense of anxiety like because in my head i'm like you have to do this you have to do this you have to do that you have to do this and then like i'm i still have no motivation so i i'm laying in bed doing stuff and in my head it's like you still have to do this i'm like having like major anxiety about like having to do something but my body um or like most of my brain and my body clearly doesn't want to get up and so like um me and your friend have that common thing of like um losing motivation for everything because um me paola and your friend have in common of being um artists in general except she does um painting and i do more of like digital art and i know you do more traditional art yeah like i don't feel motivation to draw anything or just like nothing comes right and i start getting frustrated and i lose motivation for it in general and like um most of the time it's like that i don't really have like that motivation to do anything and like it's like having i remember it's like having a weight on you like like what your friend said yeah it's like undiscernible untangible but it's like so it's like you this, when you're feeling it it's descriptive in your own head but if you try to put it into words to tell someone how you're feeling it sounds like gibberish to me that's what i feel yeah probably i mean like she said you can't really explain it it's just the feeling yeah um i have like a minor case of like saying like i don't really say it to you but it's like in my head most of the time it's like um like for example when i said um i said something like a song feels like it's aliens like aliens figuratively so when i feel depressed it's like everything feels like um everything feels like um some it's like feels like it feels like a really deep dark blue like the blue that you find in the the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. and it's like it's like it feels like you're underwater for me everything feels like that deep dark blue of the ocean i don't know if that's like i, I don't know if that makes sense or if that's normal no i feel i i think i understand what you mean like almost like a metaphor um yeah yeah um, I was just going to continue on and read my second question, but if you have anything you want to add on, you can go. Overall, just like when I feel like an episode's incoming, it's like very sudden. It's not like slow and on looming for me. It's more like an instantaneous mood killer. That's it. But, like that feeling of when your heart drops into your stomach, that's how it feels. I mean, it is different for everyone. And that actually leads me on to the second question. I asked her, what do you want people to stop assuming about depression? And immediately she says, I guess it just sucks that most people think depression looks like the same on everyone. It really is different for everyone, even though it's the same issue. And some people handle it better than others, and some no more than most. It just gets really out of hand sometimes, and it's either really lows, lows, or it's nothing, or you can just get really high highs when you're fine. And just because you're okay one minute doesn't mean that it won't hit you hard the next. And it's hard to deal with because it's always there. 
and it's not like you can just distract yourself that's not how it works i don't like she's saying i don't like when people say to just not think about it because obviously she would have already done that she's been dealing with this for years and she's tried almost everything but it's just there it's been really frustrating and she gets that people tried to help her get out of depression but it isn't a one day thing and she doesn't even know what to say because she really hasn't really talked to more than three people about it and while she does uh, have a, ther- a therapist or she went to a therapist at some point she really just doesn't feel like it's n- it's something that anyone can help you know uh she feels that basically she's been a person and it just looks different on everyone and she doesn't want everyone to assume that it's the same on everyone because just because she's struggling with it um and someone else isn't or someone else is and it's different from her it doesn't make it any less important you know like just because it's less um visible on someone else it's it it doesn't mean that it's less important that's basically what she's trying to get through <clears throat> yeah of course i agree like even just you like dealing with both me and your friend <laughs> like you yeah, probably have a lot to do with the both of us but i'm sure you could tell that there's like really different ways that we both present when we're depressed or even how i see when you would present when you're depressed or when someone so another friend presents when they're depressed it's just it's like a really valid point because like it doesn't look the same on anybody because like um naturally like if you just looked at me like in action like dur- throughout the day like i don't i don't look depressed like i'm reacting to everything as normally as i can but overall some people may instantly shut down when they're depressed or like inst- not go to school it's just like i i agree with like the fact that you can't really talk to just anybody about how you feel either because like with therapists like i agree therapy can help people but there's like some therapists that don't really help at all it's just like the matter of fact of finding the right therapist because like sometimes going to therapy for like for me personally like the thought of going to therapy feels like like something forced because like i've never really wanted to go to therapy on my own accord mm-hmm. or anything like that so the the feeling or the idea of going to therapy feels like i'm being forced to talk to someone because paula knows very well that i i hate talking about when i feel depressed or when i feeling when i feel like hopeless or anything like that and then most of the times paula won't even know when i feel that way and that's how like everyone presents it differently just like your friend said yeah i completely agree um while there is a therapist who do want to help you out there there are just some people who have had nasty experiences like my i have a friend who actually used to go to a therapist and she preferred the therapist's assistant because it seemed like the assistant cared more about her than the actual therapist and she uh, she stopped going to therapy after the assistant got transferred to another facility i think it was and i asked her how come and it was just like the way the therapist talked to her it felt like she was almost invalidating her feelings so i guess everyone's experience is just completely different from one another and like you said it's just a matter of finding the right therapist for you and stuff like that personally i feel like and this is just going off of me um 
not trying to invalidate anyone's feeling. I feel like I would go to therapy if there was something wrong with me. Uh, but that's just how I feel. I know, like you said, some people aren't as open. I'm more of an open book than anything. Danny's the closed book. <laughs> She's the one <laughs> that likes to put a wall around herself until other people break it down. We've gone over that before. And I'm more, of the <laughs> more of the open book. And I'm willing to talk about anything in my feelings. I've always been an open person, you know? So to me, to, uh, going to therapy, talking about my feelings, I'm completely fine with it. But people like like Danny or like my best friend who are more closed off, more quiet about their feelings, I feel like it would be a lot harder for them to go to therapy, you know? <laughs> yeah, you you managed to attract very like reserved or close <laughs> people. <laughs> I don't know, it's not how you do it. Like uh, I'm always like not gonna know, bro. Like let me. In. <laughs> <laughs> You you started talking to me first, so mostly like you just write, or you are attracted to people who are more you're attracted <laughs> to people who are more closed off. I mean, I've always said I would like to challenge, right? <laughs> oh, so I'm a challenge. <laughs> All right. Um, next question. I said, what do you wish they would do instead? Like, what do you wish people would do instead, right? And she told me, uh, basically for the last question that. I kind of put her on the spot, so she didn't know what to tell me, but um, she had so many answers, but because her head was all over the place, she kept forgetting on what to say, but one of the things are her parents. I know a lot of kids who have mental illnesses have parents who really don't believe them, especially in the Hispanic community. I know that me and Danny are Hispanic, and maybe some of the listeners are here, that are here too, and I know it's really hard for some parents to accept the fact that there is evidently something wrong with her kids because it's like oh no there that doesn't exist it's all in your head you know and she just wishes her parents took it more seriously like it's a real issue and sometimes they just joke about it and it hurts to see that they make fun of people who are dealing with it and it makes her not want to open up about it like they're really cruel about it and the damage that they've done to her and it's been a couple of years and she's had the idea of trigger warning in case of anything you can leave right now but she's had um ideas of suicide attempts and stuff like that and like for example she had one of those like intrusive thoughts a couple weeks ago when she gave me those answers and she's and they still had no clue because she didn't want to talk to them about it it feels like if she were to talk about it they would invalidate her so she she feels like it shouldn't and sometimes um when she does want to speak up they turn her down and it makes her feel so bad and she just she feels like they're being selfish, you know? And she wishes that if parents were a little bit more understanding, then maybe kids like her would open up about it. Um, she feels like she's embarrassed and ashamed to talk about it, and she doesn't really like using the word depression. Um, she hates it, and she says that when she has depression, it feels like she's almost saying that she's gross, and I'm not saying that anyone who does have it is, or she's not saying that, it's just the way she feels, you know? She feels like if she were to just say the word in front of in front of her own parents that they'd laugh at her. And overall her point of her answer was that she just wished that people like her parents would be more understanding and opening. And I feel like that has a lot to do with ignorance. A lot of parents can be very um I don't want to use the word narcissistic, but you know, they feel like nothing is wrong with their children, wrong with their family, so they don't listen to anything that someone else wants to say for them, you know? Um, yeah, I do agree somewhat with the parent thing. Um, for me, like, instead of, um, like, 
because I know parents themselves deal with their own struggles. Like for me and my mom, I could tell she's obviously very depressed as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, the thing is, like, what I wish that people would like, specifically my parents would change, is that that they also realize that that uh, that their kids also went through the same events that they did because like many of the experiences um me and my mom went through are shared so sometimes i wish she'd be more open to the fact that it also affects me as well mm-hmm. more so more of me so because like i'm a, i'm i'm not even an adult yet i have not even finished developing and these events like several traumatic and stressful and, de- and depressive events have happened within my life and like she expects me to be fine every single time so i wish she'd be more open to the fact that these things that happened affect me too because like throughout everything i felt like i ha- i've had to be the one sh- the strong one more than my parents have had to be the the strong one for me because my mom is obviously an openly very emotional person so it's like even more so like the fact because like i feel like my mental health and everything has become a tremendously lower priority than it has ever been in general in fact but um i do agree with just like people like not making jokes about it and making fun of it or like just dumbing it down to something way less complicated than it already is like i hate i really hate admitting the fact that i'm depressed as well mostly because like I feel like like since like um people would think it's just because like I'm edgy or emo or something or like plain out laugh at me like I know that there's a lot of understanding people out there but like somehow it's just like those comments that get you even more because like because like um because like it just invalidates you because like you have a hundred comments of validation but there's always like that one or two comments of invalidation that hits really deep in the end because it's like there's always like a possibility like am i am i like deserving of the ability to feel sad or should i just always be happy like like it's just i always feel selfish when i feel sad or necessarily down in the dumps because it's like um overall it's just like me like um feeling selfish for feeling that way and um overall something else i wish that would change would be like is that um that there's different ways to deal with like depression as well like some people think that's like just like tying in with the fact of like that people um need to need to like um understand that people deal with depression differently mm-hmm. god my dog's being loud but like um um there's like okay so um there's like different ways that people deal with depression like obviously the most basic focus of depression is that you do need to get some people help obviously that's the most important thing the most crucial thing is like get like trying to convince them or like trying to show them ways that they could better themselves or they could go seek help but like for me like i hate it when people like bombard me with like space and like comments and some people like like comments of like it could be either negative or positive comments but i don't like it when necessarily when a lot of people like say like because like a lot of people's comments in the end are like not very helpful not to be offensive or anything like 
some people's comments are like more like um more harmful than good and some people some people like that in general and some people like me actually prefer to have like space given so it's like just different ways of like how people can see and deal with depression yeah and what i think could change i completely agree with that i feel like sometimes people just need space and stuff like that i feel like it is very nice to want to help others and i know i'm the type of person to want to help all of my friends i'm a people pleaser (laughs) sometimes and i actually need to uh, fix myself on that too because sometimes i can go a little overboard and let people step on me but we're working on it and we'll get better but what i mainly want to talk about is the fact that sometimes we need to give people space like i know i'll give danny space if she needs it and she'll like let me know like hey i need to take a few days off social media like we talked about it before in past episodes and sometimes it's just necessary to give your friends space that's really what they need sometimes because like danny said that sometimes your comments or advice isn't really as helpful as you would like it to be and you just need to you know let your friends do them and hope for the best i guess yeah i obviously i agree with that because like i said that first but like um what are like some helpful tips of how you can help a friend because i'm not necessarily well versed in that fact well um i did go do some research before this because you know (laughs) but um uh, for me, let's let's go from personal experience first before we go on to anything that I found on the web or anything like that. But for me, when I want to help out a friend, I usually just check in first. Like, check on how they're doing. Sometimes friends just need to be like, let know, like, hey, I'm here. I'm here to be your support if you need me. But as long as, like, they know that you're there, I feel like in a sense that they're, there's like, oh, yeah, this person cares about me at least. Because sometimes people feel very alone in this world. And I realized that, like, some people feel like they have no friends. They don't have anyone to lean on. And while some people might not want to talk about their feelings or feel like, oh, I shouldn't bother with this person. At least they feel like you're there and you're in their corner. And you feel like you you were able to check up on them. Like I said before, I check in on my best friend asking if she's eaten yet. I check in on Danny asking if she's eating it yeah. or like I'll tell her like you should sleep early today or something like that. And while it does and while it does sound kind of forceful, it really is just the sense of I want them to be okay, you know. So I guess give them that sense of your support and also um, give them like comfort. Like I know some people like like me, for example, when I feel sad, I want people to reassure me that everything is gonna be okay. Like that's just me. I want people to tell me that like um or just like I have friends where like if they feel sad I'll write them like a paragraph or something just to make them feel better like you're giving them comfort um everybody is different it depends on who your friend is some people need space some people want comfort some people just want support so uh I guess analyze what type of friend uh your friend is and like what type of comfort they need and just go off of that like uh, try little different things talk to them communication is a big one in this if they don't feel comfortable with something like tell them to let you know like um i know some people feel like they feel like they're annoying like i i get that a lot too like i feel like i'm annoying sometimes so what i do because in the end like, you're basically like benefiting on both sides ask them like hey is this okay or like um are, can i be like your support or like something like that you know do you agree with that 
Oh yeah, obviously. And sometimes the most important thing is like it's just like being like the calm one in the situation. Like, <laughs> like personally, I'm a very <laughs> calm person. I think. Mm. So sometimes it's like being the calm one is just really important. Like not being like there's a difference between being calm and being nonchalant. The difference between being calm and nonchalant is like nonchalant is when you like don't really care about the situation or like you're like being like sort of apathetic. But calm is like necessarily like you're not agitated as well and you're like more open in general. Like the most important thing about comforting someone is like being the calm one and like also like like you said before like suggesting things that could help them, being non-judgmental, being reassuring. And obviously showing like sympathy and empathy, like the sympathy, the difference between sympathy is like feeling bad for someone mm-hmm. and then the empathy is like relating to them because you know exactly how they feel because you might have went through the same thing or something like that. And so obviously it's important to like show like those, like um, those qualities when you're comforting someone because like the way you comfort someone could also be like a difference because like some people are obviously not very good at comforting, but they have those qualities and so it ends up helping anyways rather than someone who just doesn't care and still tries to comfort you and fails yeah i completely agree with that um speaking of which i know since we're talking about the differences of different things (laughs) uh, do you want to talk about the differences between panic attacks and anxiety attacks if you don't um like know the difference i'll go over it but just in case uh you could go over it i'm a little bit of a refresher okay so basically anxiety attacks um comes from you know anxiety but it basically it usually lasts over extended periods of time on the other hand panic attacks are more like quick sudden bursts i know i tend to have panic attacks more um i've had them ever since i was little i used to call them anxiety attacks because i didn't know the difference between them but you know you get more educated you learn more and so now i know that they're more of panic attacks rather than anxiety attacks and anxiety attacks usually have symptoms like muscle muscle tension, uh, disturbed sleep, difficulty in concentrating, fatigueness, which usually has to relate with the lack of sleep and stuff like that, restlessness, and usually qualities that are more of like over time or like a buildup. And anxiety attacks can usually lead to a, like a mental breakdown uh, because it just, like I said, it's a buildup of different things. And it usually has a lot of stress involved and stuff like that and it just makes them feel really bad over a period of time. On the other hand, panic attacks are, like I said, more quick and sudden and stuff like that, and the symptoms can include shaking, chest pain, and like discomfort discomfort in your chest area. Uh, You can actually have heart problems because of it too, or you feel like the fear of just dying or like losing control of something. Um, Usually when people have panic attacks, they'll like stay in one place and just shake together like shake their whole body together and it just feels very uncomfortable for them um you can also feel like you're choking because it has to do with like the the chest pain that they get and it'll feel like your lungs are gonna collapse on you and you just it's really hard to breathe sometimes and like from personal experience i know that when i got uh, uh panic attacks it felt like something was just putting pressure on my chest and like i was crying and it's it's really um it's very scary sometimes when you have panic attacks i don't think i've ever had an anxiety attack or i don't know but um i feel like both are very intense because it it just it feels really bad you know uh yeah i've experienced both necessarily but i think the most 
common things is that um i've experienced like more like panic attacks because like i felt like the like the chest pain and the hard time breathing and like just like mm-hmm. being very like in a panic state so like um i haven't really had much anxiety attacks like i, f- I used to have like um major panic attacks going to school i don't think i ever told you that but like i'd have like a, a really short panic attack every every time i was going to go to school so overall i think that it's something that should also be like um more talked about since like um there's like obviously since you had a misunderstanding before and i had a misunderstanding before between the differences i think it should i think it should be talked about more yeah i feel like we don't really go over it at school or like at home or stuff like that like i had to do my own research in order to figure out like what what the hell i was dealing with because it just like is it anxiety attacks or is it panic attacks and while like both are bad i feel like you know you just have to know what is going on in your own mind what's going on in your body because having those reactions are painful and not just mentally but physically too like it just it feels really bad so the fact that we have to learn this on our own and not being able to learn it from other people or like being taught about it in school is just really bad because i feel like mental health should be such a big one like they make it seem like they care at school like they give you like oh yeah you should care about like all these mental illnesses and stuff but they never really like go into detail or they never really like push it forward you know they just put it there yeah i also agree with the fact that like they people in general just pretend to care about mental health but then they like when it comes a time to like just like say or the time to like be or the time to put the action into what they say like mm-hmm. the words behind their the actions that go with their words it's just like and then it fails so Alright, so let's continue on with the how to comfort a friend from the internet or like, you know. Um, So I got these information, this like facts off of aid.org if anyone wants to go more into detail and stuff like that. Uh, It's called the seven main skills of comfort and basically calmness is the first one. And it's to comfort your friends in a time of need um, because they'll get agitated and it's best to stay calm and call them calm them down too and it goes off of what danny said earlier like sometimes you'd have to be the calm friend it's not like you're not caring it's more of like you have to calm them down because usually they won't be the calm one and it's always best to just think with a clear mind and usually when you calm down a person they'll like stop hyperventilating or like stuff like that you know so number two is honesty so encourage your friends to trust you and allow them to know that you are a person who can be trusted but also respect boundaries now i feel like this is a big one uh while it is nice to like you know tell them um what you feel or like stuff like that if they don't feel comfortable with telling you everything then you shouldn't push them to tell you respect their privacy and respect their boundaries because i feel like that's a very big one they're not going to trust you if you keep pushing on on information and stuff like that like if danny doesn't want to talk about what's going on i won't push her to tell me i'll let her tell me when she's ready yeah of course Uh, number three, resfor- resourcefulness. So I re- actually remember when um, I was writing this down, Danny asked me, like, what what is this about? And it's basically giving them ideas on how to get help and be a person who can help. 
And while we did say um, not to give uh, random comments or stuff like that, because sometimes it can be hurtful, as long as you talk to your friend about what their preferred method of comfortness is, I guess you can help them in that way. Like, if my friend gets comfort out of writing paragraphs, I'll help her by writing her paragraphs. If my friend gets comfort out of uh, being left alone and just getting reminders like, hey, I'm here for you, that's what I'll do, you know? And then for the fourth one, we have empathy. Show your friends that you care. Words don't mean anything if your actions don't match. So basically, this is this one's kind of more obvious. If you care, you shouldn't just tell your friends, oh yeah, I'm here for you. Like, demonstrate that you care for them. Like, for example, I'll let my friends know, like, um different things like i guess like i made my friend a gift the other day and it was just to make her uh feel better and while it doesn't have to be materialistic it still means something next we have encouraging so support them through thick and thin so this one's very obvious don't just leave your friend hanging if they're in a time of need you can't just be like oh well too bad or like don't act like you don't care that's just being a bad friend (laughs) um next one is reassuring uh, make your friends feel as if they will, as if things will get better. Give them hope. I know some people don't like the idea of false hope, uh, but sometimes it really isn't false hope. I guess that's just me talking because I'm an optimistic. But I get, when I like get told things will get better, or like I'm reassured by friends, or even if things aren't getting better, just being told to me at least that things will get better and that they'll be there for me, it helps, and it is reassuring. So. Uh, actually, Danny, do you want to comment about that one, or do you just want to leave it as that? Oh no, we pretty much said everything that I was thinking about. All right. So, final one is non-judgmental attitude. Create a safe space for them. No one likes a friend who judges them. This one should be pretty much obvious. Don't ever judge your friend whenever they're feeling sad or frustrated or something like that, because I know damn well that no one else is gonna want to be judged or anything like that. A real friend shouldn't judge you for the way you're feeling, and they shouldn't, if anything, help you. And they should never inval- invalidate you as well, because I feel like that's such a bad thing to do as a friend, very toxic as well, if you're just gonna go around judging your friend and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Everyone hates a judgmental person. No <laughs> one that kind of person. <laughs> um, well, that's necessarily all we had to talk about. Um, it's getting a little long, and um overall i have a lot of things to do like not to like say like this the podcast is not performing but i have a lot of homework to do um that i didn't do over the weekend that was supposed to but um uh you guys can reach out to us at our instagram at get real with us no space and all lowercase and i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and hope you'll tune again whenever we release a new episode because it's not been consistent yeah that's partly my fault because i've been very busy but you know I know we went on a little ramble today, guys, and I think it was just a very interesting talk. It was kind of a hot topic because, you know, everybody experiences different different things different ways. But I hope you all enjoyed and make sure you're all drinking enough water and eating at least three healthy meals a day. Stay healthy mentally, emotionally, and physically. And with that, virtual hugs and love from all of our hosts. We hope you guys are doing okay and have a nice day or night wherever you are in the world. And until the next one, um, get real with us. See you next time.